into 30 minutes of hell on the Field of 68 Network. I'm Pat Bradley here with Gonzaga All-American, Dan Dickow. Dan, what's up, brother? Glad to have you. Yeah, absolutely. But for some reason, I thought this was the Bulldog broadcast. We kind of got our channels mixed up a little bit. But good good to meet you. Good to chat on this uh, Sweet 16 up uh, update. And uh, it's going to be interesting to hear a little bit more about your Razorbacks. I know you want to hear more about the Zags. But I got a question, though, for you. You said 30 minutes of hell. With Nolan Richardson, wasn't it 40 minutes of hell? Dan, we're in our 40s now, brother. We can't go for 40 minutes. We gotta, in another 10 years, if we're still doing this, it'll be 20 minutes of hell, then 10. And I'm trying to spare you as much time with me as possible, considering that's what you know people seem to be doing now. I can't get anyone to return my calls. I'm surprised you did now, which I'm happy about. So you're going to the game. You're going to be in San Fran. Yeah, I'll be heading down there tomorrow. Uh, just going to go to the one game um, and then fly back quickly uh, just to be back with my family. Um, would love to be there the whole weekend. I know you want to be there the whole weekend, which means one of the two teams, unfortunately, <laughs> won't be. But, um, yeah, I'll be at the game tomorrow night on Thursday. I'm in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. We get the SEC Network studios here. So we'll be recapping uh after thursday and we'll see we'll see what happens but i'll start off with my take with with the hogs and, and gonzaga and just a couple of things that i was paying attention to and, and maybe why i felt like as you know and this isn't a surprise nationally just because of how overwhelming and how good gonzaga has been heavy favorites and you know when i look at Arkansas, for, for, for Gonzaga fans who aren't aware, Arkansas has gone through a, a change in their entire style. From the beginning of SEC play, they dropped a few games, and they were trying to outscore people. All of a sudden, Coach Musselman changes the entire mentality of the team. He inserts older, more physical guys, and that's really been their thing. They've led the SEC in defense – Ever since he's made that change, it was like three or four games in. Um, He inserted a guy named Trey Wade, Kamani Johnson. These guys don't care about scoring. Their their DNA is physical, right? The shot goes up. They're looking for a body. Um, That's what their DNA is. So it it helped because some of the other guys who are their offensive weapons, it became very clear everyone's roles and identity. And Coach Musselman, although he only has like a seven-man rotation, eight-man rotation, he, t- he, he coaches like an NBA team. Yeah. I mean, I know you're familiar with, with Coach Musselman. He was at Nevada. Um, but he really, how he manages minutes, guys, fatigue, fouls, and just this, just his whole approach to it, scouting reports and stuff is really from an NBA standpoint. So initially, when Arkansas made that move, man, every – time they played at their best it was bully ball they were more physical they beat you up their strategy they make more free throws than anybody in the country they they get out and they'll get you offensive rebounding so that's their style they don't make a lot of three they don't have to make a lot of threes Mm -hmm. so initially when i when i saw this matchup I, I didn't think it was, you know, the eight and a half or whatever Vegas had it as because I felt like 
the defensive versatility that Musselman has before guys go from 6'6 to 6'8, and then, of course, Jalen Williams at 6'10, uh, I, I thought that could cause problems for who is, you know, obviously I got the biggest respect for Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren, and we know Andrew Nemhart well, man. Yeah, SEC Florida. So what were your initial thoughts when, when of the Hogs, when, when, of what you saw from this year? Yeah, you know, it's funny because um, Eric Musselman was the first coach that I played for in the pros. He was a summer league coach with the Hawks. After oh, wow. summer league, he took the, the job with Golden State as a head coach. Um, but we've stayed in touch over the years. Um, I call games on CBS Sportsnet, and a lot of uh, the games would be in the Mountain West Conference. Mm -hmm. So I've watched him closely at Nevada over the last few years. And I haven't watched him as closely with, with Arkansas just because, you know, the SEC basketball kind of isn't as big a thing on the West Coast for us fans as it is for, obviously, you guys. But when you're kind of describing his yeah. season, it makes a ton of sense because what I saw at, at, at Nevada was a short bench, and it was designed to be a short bench. If you crack that rotation – you know you're playing. If you're not in that rotation, you're you know you're not playing, mm -hmm. um, which is very true of a lot of pro coaches, um, you know. Right. And I think his pro background has also allowed him to look at the game game plan, pick apart one or two things that he absolutely loves of what his team is doing well at the time. And now with Nevada, it was a ton of side ball screens with Caleb and Cody Martin or Duckins with Jordan Caroline. So he would run a crazy amount of side pick and rolls and just separate actions on the weak side just to confuse the weak side defense to get them out of coverage. Um, you know, you, you see that. I, I don't. I haven't watched Arkansas enough closely to know if that's what they're doing right now, but I would imagine he finds one weakness in an opponent, whether it's a certain type of coverage, whether it's a particular individual he wants to go after. And just as a good pro coach, going to run it time and time again and go go at it um is that what he's been doing throughout the season with Arkansas yeah he has and I don't know if you heard this it went viral on Twitter when they were playing New Mexico State and Ted, Teddy Allen Teddy Buckets yeah uh after the game coach Musk referenced how they approached him defensively and he said he went through all his old NBA emails <laughs> to see how they defended Kobe Bryant Allen Iverson and how for one four-minute segment during the game, they tried to push Kobe to his right hand. Next four minutes, tried to push to his left hand. Next four minutes, they tried to do this. And, and so it was just a lot of no, understanding. I guess great coaches understand they can filter through everything and understand what is the strength, the major strengths of a team. Yeah. So let me ask you about Gonzaga. It, what, what would be what, – what is Musk going to try to take away first? Well – you know, I think one of the things that Arkansas has as a strength or an ability to look at a game plan and, and use that to what one of their strengths is, is physicality yeah. and the versatility defensively. You know, too much is made about Gonzaga playing in the WCC. Well, let's forget that nonsense because St. Mary's was ranked in the top 20 at the end of the year. They smacked Indiana by 29 points in the first round. San Francisco was a good team. They just got a bad draw in Murray State. Uh, otherwise, you might have been talking about three WCC teams, um, you know, deep into the tournament. But 
those teams prepare Gonzaga differently. The WCC has great coaches. They know Gonzaga in and out, so they prepare them mm. um, game plan-wise. Physically-wise, people are right to say that at times Gonzaga hasn't been prepared physically, but that's a very rare occasion. I mean, I don't think anybody physically uh, matched up with Baylor's guards last year when you talk about Teague and Mitchell right. uh, and Butler. They were the three most physically gifted good perimeter players in the country last year. So I, you know, Gonzaga got smacked first. They adjusted a little bit. They made it interesting, but they couldn't get over the hump last year. So that's been a narrative that's been used for way too long in regards to Gonzaga. This team, you saw them fight back against that initial wave of pressure against Memphis in in round two. I mean, Memphis played it, I thought, extremely well. All 10 guys that played in the first half for Memphis scored and had an impact in the game. They took the fight to Gonzaga early. Then Drew Timmy basically came out and said that first five minutes, enough for that. Yeah, I'm just going to go back. I'm going to be the best player. I was scared. As a Razorback fan, I was scared. Because when, oh, yeah. when he turned that switch, it was nothing anybody in the country could do to slow him down. No, you're right. I mean, he had 37 against Texas earlier this year when Texas was ranked fifth and there was a bunch of, of, of hype around that game. He's only struggled in a couple games. His numbers haven't been off the charts in a couple games just because of Gonzaga's balance. And if they're up by 35, right. you know, he's not going to go for 20. Um, but but that narrative of physical, physical play is still let me be clear. Let, let me be clear. I'm not saying Gonzaga is soft or wings or anything like that what what i was saying is like holmgren is so offensively skilled drew timmy is offensively skilled there's whereas there's a couple of guys on arkansas's team you don't want them to shoot you don't want them to pass you don't want them to dribble and they understand that they're really it's not that they're coming out there like goons hacking people but really, they understand that their role is okay. JD Note, Jalen Williams, yeah, Ilya Mude. These are our offensive guys. You know, I'm not even thinking about offense. So I wonder, you know, you, as yourself, I mean, you're probably similar to me, where you know, physicality was sort of a part of, or toughness was a part of your skill set, right? There are certain players who. That is just part of the skill set. Not saying those guys aren't, but there are certain levels of physicality. Yes. And, um, you know, I, I, I just wonder if the, if it's a different kind of physicality, if it will knock off an offensive player just a little bit enough to for them not to be as uh, great that day offensively. Yeah, no, that, that that's a good point. And there's a lot to that, you know, kind of uh, thread right there. And a big part of it is, there, there's one thing to be a physical team and one part that, and then there's another to just be, I'm going to be physical this game. The right. way that you're describing Arkansas and the guys is they're a physical team because they do it from first possession of the game right. till the last possession. It's not a cheap shot where it's like, I'm going to see what this guy's made of. And when the ref's not looking, it's you cutting, I'm going to chest you. You're going to the glass. You're going to get elbowed you know that I'm here every single possession and very rarely do you take a possession off with that physical play. Gonzaga has seen that. Um, You know, I think people have tried to do that with Holmgren throughout the year, just because when you obviously look at him, you see. But he's tough. He's got an edge, man. He's a tough kid. No, without a doubt. And that's the thing I've been most impressed with him watching him up close for TV games and different things this year is 
more times than not, he is the player that is putting, you know, the contact in first. So right. he's the one playing with force. Hmm. Yes, with his, you know, uh, weight at times, he'll put the hit on you, but he'll bounce back. But at the same time, he's not taking, he's not absorbing that contact in a bad way. He's impacting that uh, that contact onto his opponent, which I think is a big thing. When you do that, you're setting a tone both physically and mentally in the game. You're also less likely to get hurt if you're the guy going into the contact because you're you're already braced for it. You're not in in a, in a funny position where you might land or, or get hurt um, or land off balance. And I listen. I'm like you. I think too much is made of it, but I think you said it correctly. It's just in some players' DNA. Let me ask you, because I was talking to um, a former assistant coach, and we talk about tempo. Obviously, St. Mary's, when they beat Gonzaga, that, they, they want to slow it down, right? I mean, that's what St. Mary's does. They slow it down, grind it out, take the air out of the ball. Arkansas is... I mean, they can win ugly, like they beat New Mexico State with a low-scoring game, grind it out. They've seen that, but I don't. I, I, from what I've seen of Arkansas this year, they a lot of players are better in space. You know that, yeah. And, and I think JD Note is much better in space. Jalen Williams, they're six foot ten, who's their best passer at six ten. He defensive rebound. He can start to break off the dribble. He makes things easy for guys. So. I don't, we couldn't figure out if we want the tempo to be faster or slower. Yeah. Um, what you know about this game, which, how would you favor it either way? You know, you don't want to play fast with Gonzaga. Yeah. And they play at the fast. Them and Arizona have been the two fastest tempo. Quickest and what do you think the key, the key of them playing fast? Why are they so good playing fast? And, and why do they do that so well? Because they're so skilled. Uh, you know, Coach Few has always wanted to play fast, um, but over the last five, six, seven years, their defense has really gotten better to allow them to play faster. It's hard to take the ball out of the net and play fast. Gonzaga will do that on occasion. They'll, they're smart enough. If they're put in a bad position, they'll give up a layup so they can get the ball in the, inbounds quickly, get it up the floor. Hmm. But uh, I think one of those things is, and I've always kind of looked at it in the way that if you are more skilled, than your opponent, and you have an advantage. And I'm not saying that at all five positions they have an advantage against Arkansas. I'm just saying on a, on a night-in, night-out basis, if you have an advantage at all five of those positions, don't you want more possessions? Because more possessions give you more opportunities to score. And then because they become so good defensively, that then hampers your opponent, obviously, you know, to, to get in the, in the point column positively. I, I really think that if you're going to beat Gonzaga, you've got to be great on the glass um and and that's not giving second chance putbacks to timmy mm -hmm. you got you can't give him second chance putbacks to holmgren you got to get back in transition and, and take away the easy ones i'm talking about nemhart gets the outlet he'll throw it up ahead as, as well as any point guard in the country to a strother to a timmy somebody with an early one but if you're so focused on getting back and stopping that what you open up and it's gotten better for him throughout the course of the year is Chet Holmgren in transition threes. I, don't I mean, he'll either push it up the break and create it himself, or it will be a trail three. Right. Um, I mean, he's, he's right around 40%, I think on the year from the three point line, 
but his transition threes are like 45%. He does an unbelievable job. That's the best, that's the best three, the trail three, man. 100% agree with you. He does, <laughs> he does a tremendous job of discerning when uh, to push it and stop behind the line. Yeah. Or when to catch on as the trail guy and shoot it. And what big who's matched up with a seven footer is used to getting back oh. in defensive transition and picking up three feet beyond the line. Nobody. So when you look at this game, is it, what, what would be the concern that you, for Gonzaga going into this? Because as I, like, I don't know yet. I tried to get a scouting report before we, we came on here from coach Musselman. Yeah. He didn't text me back. He never. I, I thought about texting Must this week, and then I I, I realized oh, he, I loved he wasn't going to get a, a reply. <laughs> he loved it, man. Um, Before we move on, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up for Bet Rivers yet, now is the time because they are offering a two hundred and fifty dollars match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money with their rush pay instant approval withdrawing your winnings is safer it's more secure and it's more reliable now that basketball season is tipping off get in on the action at betrivers.com today or by downloading the bet rivers ios app you must be 21 years or older if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER and while i got you here let's talk about the field of 68 media network where college basketball matters most all year round This is a digital media and podcast network that we've been building over the course of the last year. We have shows hosted by some of your favorite players covering the program that they love the most. AJ Guyton hosts the House of Hoosier. Eric Devendorf covers Syracuse on the scorer's table. Dan Dickow hosts the Gonzaga Bulldog broadcast. We have Florida's Patrick Young and Duke's Andre Dawkins, and North Carolina's Shimon Williams, and Michigan's Stu Douglas, and Illinois' Deion Thomas. The list goes on and on and on. We have more than 30 shows right now. So hit the links below and check them all out. And while you're at it, make sure that you go check out the Field of 12 Media Network, your home for college football. So I guess Stanley Amude, six foot seven, is going to start on Chet Holmgren. Jalen Williams is going to start on Drew Timmy. Uh, Audis Tony, 6'6". He's a very unique player where he can guard all, uh, you know, I'm obviously, you know, playing against, you know, 6'10 in the post, Timmy, or 6'11 is, is going to be difficult. So, um, you know, that may be where the matchups are. Uh, so what, what were some of the things that, that you're going to be watching for that, that could be a problem for Gonzaga? Well, I think those matchups that you talked about right there are the correct way for Arkansas to go about it. I mean, yeah. you look at, you know, Holmgren is more on the perimeter than on the interior. They're, they will post him up, especially if they've got a four or five inch advantage. They will do that. But he's still, you know, unbelievably dangerous on the perimeter. And you can't put somebody guarding him that is uncomfortable guarding on the perimeter, doesn't understand uh, rotations and spacing defensively on the perimeter when they're used to being down on the block. So I think that would be the correct um, adjustment for. Can he for post, how, how good is his post up game home group? Cause I'm sure he's seen a lot of defenders that are six, seven, so they can defend them on the perimeter. Is yeah. he good at getting, getting them on the block too? He does, you know, a lot of his post up stuff is it's not short corner, but it's a step off the block where he's got the ability 
Um, if he's got an angle, he can back you down. If not, it's it's a reverse pivot to a face up. I mean, uh, you know, because he can reverse pivot face up. He looks at you. You're worried about him shooting a little 15 footer because he's so good. And then he attacks off the bounce. Um, so they got that's one of the things Coach Hughes so good about is emphasizing post play. Post play, as you probably know, is is kind of really gone downhill yeah. uh, over the last 10 years or whatever. A lot of it's due to you know, lack of teaching it. A lot of it's due to everybody wanting to play faster or playing continuity ball screens. But Gonzaga, they'll do those things. But they also, a staple of their offense is high-low. Mm. Uh, it goes back to when, you know, Coach Few was an assistant under Fitzgerald and Dan Monson. It, and even when I played, it was, we focused on high-low. You know, you swing it to a big up top who can make a play, make a shot. And then the big who gets fronted when the ball gets thrown up, work that seal up a little bit higher over the lane, go to the corner of the backboard and go get it. Mm -hmm. um, or duck-ins off the weak side when there's a strong side pick and roll. They, they do such a good job of disguising different post-up post opportunities. Let, let me ask you about, um, we talked, of course, Nemhart. We're very familiar with him. I thought he was, his time at Florida and the SEC, he was up there always as one of the best point guards. I love that kid. Absolutely love that kid. We talked to Timmy. Tell me a little bit about um, some of the other guys, yeah. starters, and who comes off that bench and the impact that they have. Yeah, so, you know, Julian Strother starts at the three. Very skilled. He didn't play much as a freshman. The NBA guy. But the NBA. he can't over yeah. Kispert and Ayayi. What's that? Is Strother an NBA talent? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Strother will be on an NBA roster um, at some point. Um, you know, as a Gonzaga guy, hopefully – I would imagine he tests the waters after this season just to get feedback, but he will be, um, barring anything crazy with Drew Timmy coming back, he will be the leading scorer next year. He's that talented. He's wired to score. He struggled as of late, um, but he, he's got good size. He's a good rebounder. Defensively, he's really good. And then off the bench, you know, Coach is very similar to, to Musselman where he doesn't go – once he locks in on his rotation, he doesn't go too deep. Um, usually it's an eight-man rotation – um, the, the three guys that are, are playing off the bench are Anton Watson, who would start for pretty much any team. Is he, a big, is he a big rebounded dude? Just, just yeah. go and get it and cause problems. Six, eight, athletic, understands the game extremely well, makes the game easy for everyone else. Not yeah. a great shooter, not a great, you know, kind of creator, but he facilitates because of understanding spacing, how to screen. He'll make an occasional jump shot to keep you honest, great on the glass. And then there are two freshman perimeter guys, Nolan Hickman, uh, kid from Seattle, really good. I mean, he's he is going to be the next great point guard at Gonzaga. Um, he just stuck behind Nemhart, and <laughs> rightfully so. I mean, Nemhart plays 40 minutes against Memphis. Hickman still played, I think, 12, 13, game, 13 minutes, played well. But, you know, too many fans, too many people make a big deal about, oh, the freshman's not playing. What the heck's going on? Well, he's got an All-American in Andrew Nemhart in front of him. Why would you take Nemhart out when he's so good? Right. You know, that's, you know, kind of beside the point. But then Hunter Salas, same deal. Freshman, uh, he's going to be really talented. His jump shot has gotten better over the year, even though um, he's had a lot of work to do to make it consistent. But defensively, he creates some problems. He creates some issues. Uh, you know, he's an unbelievable athlete. So, you know, let me ask you this with, with, yeah. with your roster, people that are listening to this with kind of a Gonzaga slant. You know, I, I've seen – J.D. Note, I've been impressed with what he's done. But besides him, um, you know, where does the ball go? Because you mentioned some guys are not scorers. Basically, 
they're there to move it. Screen. Yeah. Give, give us a breakdown on kind of besides Williams and Note. So, so here's the challenge because JD Note, six foot three, he initially he's a score first guy. Yeah. They had some issues at point guard. He's had to really play point guard, be the leading scorer, come down on the other end and play defense, and he's the leading steal guy. What happens to him occasionally, though, he gets into foul trouble. Yeah. And that is the times that Arkansas has struggled is because Coach Musselman is like, if you get two fouls in the first half, you're out until yeah. the second half. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's just his style, right? So, but J.D. Note is such an off we, – we depend on him so much offensively that, you know, it becomes somewhat of an issue if he's not playing foul trouble or fatigue or – but he is so like he can come off ball screens, catch and shoot. He's good in transition. He'll even post the guy up, like back him down, post him up. He's really got really good offensive skills. Um, what has emerged? Stanula Mude, six foot seven transfer. His his game is catch and shoot three. Although he's more of a mid post guy, pump fake, one dribble, pull up. Good body guy. Uh, he gets a lot of his shots. Not necessarily on the second pass. Mm -hmm. Jay, they'll put big six foot ten Jalen Williams, and this is to me the one thing that teams cannot figure out. So, I don't say it's unguardable, but yeah. when you are a six foot ten kid at the top of the key, whose vision is better than most point guards in the country, okay, he can shoot it a little bit, so you got to respect that. He's ver agile enough to put it on the floor. Dan, this kid to me is like he's an all-american okay next year he's gonna be all-american okay now he you'll watch arkansas he'll have at the top they'll just be cutting and moving around and he's dropping like dimes it's it's fun to watch and he's coincidentally he is the player he's drawn 50 charges this year really 50 charges so he's just waiting, waiting, rotating. He's the he's sort of the fixer in the back, fixes everything defensively, defensive rebounds. He's you'll love watching this kid play, man. Um, and and he's another kid that he doesn't have to score a point to win you a game. Yeah, he doesn't have to score a point to win you a game. He can get ten assists, ten rebounds, ten charges, take it. Um, so. He creates for like Audis Tony, who's another starter, six foot six. He's quick. He, he's a transfer from Pittsburgh. So he can, he's quick enough to get three, four, five offensive rebounds. He, all he does is cut. They don't run plays for him, Audis Tony, but he'll cut. He'll set sort of a, a secondary screen on the wing and then he cuts to the hoop. Um, so they'll get their points from a variety of ways like that from their starters. Now, the, the, the key is Musk got two guys coming in off the bench. Other than maybe a big guy, he might come in off the bench if there's some foul trouble to jail and fatigue. But Devontae Devo Davis. Yeah, I remember him. He was big in the tournament last year. I really liked his game. The, the lights, Dan, he was a freshman last year. The lights came on. You know how sometimes you watch a player and, like, the lights come on? Yeah. In his head, like, the light bulb came on. Well, the lights in the arena came on, then the light bulb came on. I call him Mr. March because he played yeah. huge against Vermont. So he's 6'4". I mean, he, and his arms go from sideline to sideline. 
when he is, when that light bulb is burning bright, he can come in. He can take anybody off the dribble, shoot over them, lefty. He, he can make, he can shoot from the three-point line. So if he is engaged, he gives you an offensive punch. He gives you defense. Um, and then the other guy they got is Chris Likes transfer from Miami. At times he struggled to find his rhythm on offense. He came in as an offensive guy. Yeah, sometimes when you're ball dominant and you have that transfer year, if you're not the true featured transfer guy, it, it can be hard. Yeah, yeah. So so that's you know that that's sort of like how Musk kind of pieces things together. And I think he loves a challenge of trying to piece all that stuff. You know him, man. Oh, He's yeah. over, <laughs> so you know, that's the thing with Coach Musselman is is every coach that's in the sweet 16 prepares, right? Yeah. Coach Musselman may over prepare if that, you know, can be a compliment, I guess. I know, you know, having gone to some of his shoot arounds when he was at Nevada calling games, he's as unique as they come as far as knowing guys learn in different ways. Sometimes you learn by reading, sometimes mm -hmm. you learn by watching, sometimes you learn by going through something. So in, in shoot arounds, he would, he would have everybody walk through the plays that the opponent's going to, he would have them read the diagram charts with, you know, the, the notes on exactly what it is. Hey, this is a slice cut coming off on the weak side. We need to be stay connected, tag the roller, if it's a side pick or whatever. And then there would be video. So like literally if, if you were on his team and you did not understand a scouting report or you made a glaring mistake in a scouting report, and it's going to happen. You're going to have a mistake here or there, but if it's a glaring one, like you had no excuse because you went through it in three different ways. I mean, it, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> <Yeah. his students. laughs> it's, it's funny. He, he, somebody asked him about like trying to coach college kids like you would NBA guys with scout reports. And he was, and he was like, well, I think you underestimate the college guys being able to read through a scout report yeah. or pay attention to a scout report. Let me ask you this before, before, uh, unless you got anything else before I let you go, how was your time with the Boston Celtics? My Celtics. I grew up yeah. in Boston. That's my man, Larry Bird. You know, I, I I hear that South Boston accent coming through loud and clear. And uh, you know what? I loved my time in the Celtics. The only problem is I got hurt. You know, twenty games in, tore my Achilles, and, and that stint was done. But um, there is nothing like a player walking in to either the practice facility or you know it was I think it was. TD Bank North at the time. I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. now. And just seeing the parquet floor, and you look up, you see those banners. It's like, okay, practice or game. This is the Celtics. I, okay. I have to give it my all. Not that I ever didn't as a player, but it was special. I loved it there. Um, what, unfortunately, was it 2015? Was it 15, 16? What year was that? Uh, man, you're making me sound really young. No, no, uh, no. Final six. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. It was yeah. Well, I took 15. Yeah. See, uh, my decades are running into each other. I, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. That happens all the time. No, I, I couldn't couldn't say more positive things about the Boston Celtics, that's for sure. Especially when you get a chance to meet Red Arbach at, at least oh. once, which I did. And, uh, you know, it was a short conversation, but you're talking about one of the legends of the game. You just shake his hand and, and you listen to a story or two and, and you feel – like the question or two that I asked him, why am I asking this to him? Because I should just shut up and listen to any and every story that he wants to tell. Did he let you puff on the cigar? <laughs> 
No, no, didn't, <laughs> didn't get the chance to do that. But uh, yeah, he was a legend. He is a legend. Uh, unbelievable. So, uh, and you make, what do you make of the rest of the seat? I had to tear up my bracket and I started from scratch and I'm just writing them in as they win. Yeah. So I got everything blank. On the yeah, my, my, my bracket was done a long Kentucky. time ago. I had Kentucky win it at all. Well, so my final four had Kentucky, but I also had Wisconsin. And I'm, I'm as, as non-fan of the Big Ten as you can get. <laughs> Last year, I thought they were unbelievably overrated. Same thing this year. The only thing saving them is the fact that Michigan has gone on a nice run. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you look at my final four, I've got Gonzaga playing Arizona in the, in the championship game with Gonzaga winning. Um, that being said, I know you're a Razorback. I hope it's a great game on Thursday. I think it will be. I, I'm, I'm concerned about um, the foul trouble and fatigue, man, because Gonzaga, something that stood out to me when I was looking through the stats is, you know, just the high rate of two-point field goals. And I, I know – Number one in the country, two-point field goal percentage. I mean, you they def- hit buckets at the rim left and right. Yeah, so, you know, you got to defend that. I, I, I just – I'm worried about Jalen getting in foul trouble having to deal with Drew Timmy. Um, it, it is what it is. You know, you're going to be able to manage that and play through it. So uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun though. It, it for, you know, for, for us hogs, you know, we got a proud tradition and we're back in position second weekend, second year in a row. So, um, you know, we, we, we're, we want more, no doubt about it. Uh, it. It's good to feel, though, that, you know, we're kind of getting back to where expectations are there. Is, uh, you know, and they were always there, man. We, a few things here and there with my man, Coach, you know, Coach Mike Anderson, mm-hmm. my assistant coach when I played. He moves on. Coach Musselman takes over, and, and he's done excellent. You know, Coach Muss done a great job last the last couple of years getting back here, so. Well, I, I mean, I know, you know, Arkansas, as you mentioned, is a proud program. I, I was a huge Arkansas fan when I was in high school. And Scotty Thurman, Corey Beck, Corey yeah. Williamson. Um, what was the year they won? They won the title. Was that 96? They 95? won it in 94 and 95. then lost to UCLA in 95. Yeah. And my freshman years. year was the next year. Okay. And then downhill. <laughs> well, it looks like we they're did back. 16, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, how do you feel about um, just overall Gonzaga and the national? I mean, you're, you're getting the respect now. And I think for, for years it was, oh, how good's Gonzaga? They don't even have a national championship. I mean, do you feel that you're getting the, the respect that you guys deserve, even, even without the national Yeah, I think so. I mean, you're still always going to have your critics regardless. Yeah. I mean, shoot, you know. Kentucky and Duke and Kansas, they've, they've still got critics to this day that want to nitpick on the, on the little things that are perceived as not being good enough. But, you know, Gonzaga, I think over the last six years has the most NCAA tournament wins of anybody. Seven mm-hmm. straight sweet 16s now. Uh, they've been to five elite eights, two final fours, two title games. And they keep getting the right guys that fit. I know culture is a buzzword right now, but Gonzaga truly has had a culture for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting the right guys that fit that, but are tremendously gifted basketball players. And so it's only a matter of time before they, they break through and get the win. Um, you know, they were right there in the game where Kennedy Meeks touched the baseline when he had the ball oh. in his hand. You know, Baylor, 
the two best teams last year were Baylor and Gonzaga. It just so happened Baylor had a better game, um, you know, last year. Otherwise, we would have been talking about a historic team from Gonzaga, you know. But, again, it's only a matter of time. And, uh, you know, myself and and other former players, we got a ton of pride in in what's transpired over the last 20-some years. Just goes to show how tough it is, man. But you put yourself in position, you got to get there. Yeah. And and have opportunity. It'll happen. Man, I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. So, for the Bulldog broadcast and – 40 minutes, 30 minutes, 30, to 30 minutes. It might have been 35 minutes, but right there. We kept it right in there. All good. Well, I appreciate you having me. I'm glad to be a part of the field of 68. And uh, let's Thanks for having me on Bulldog Nation. Thanks for having me on Bulldog Nation. What's up, Gonzaga? Love Let's to go, go to Spokane one of these days. Hang out. Go get it. There's a great spot in uh in spokane that if you ever get here you got to check it out jack and dan's right off campus john stockton's dad jack owned it for years john's backcourt mate now is the owner of it it's uh one of the best sports bars in the country put it that way only if i get the dan dickhouse seat you know what i mean i don't need the treatment like you get down there Hey, I haven't uh, – it's one of my favorite spots. I've got family activities. I don't get there as much as I used to. But uh, if you ever get into town, uh, let me know. I'll make sure you get taken care of. Put the word in. All right, Gonzaga Bulldog Nation. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Dan. Right. Take care, Pat. Good, brother.